This podcast contains content and language not suitable for some listeners. Welcome to Oddities and Curiosities, a podcast about murder, the paranormal, and other oddities sure to pique your curiosity. I am your host, Brittany, and welcome back, oddballs. I hope everyone's having a good start to their week, and if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, then you're halfway through, and it's hump day. This week's hump day treat was acquired at Kroger, of all places. I did go back, and I survived, and I did not have to bag my own groceries this time, (laughs) But, um, so this week's topic is like kind of a paranormal mystery, more of the oddity side of things. So I was perusing the the wine and beer aisles at Kroger, trying to find something that sort of jumped out at me to kind of go with the topic. And this goes with the topic about as well as the time I said I picked this wine because families live in houses. Um, but I chose a Pinot Grigio called Sheep Thrills. And I chose it for three reasons. One being their super cute parachuting sheep drinking wine on the front. And secondly, because, you know, I talk for a whole five seconds in this episode about a sheep. And third, because years ago... I had a foster child um, who was five at the time and loved that song, Cheap Thrills by Sia. It was like when the song came out and he would sing along to it in the car and, you know, the radio was up, so I never really knew what words he was singing. Well, one day we stopped to run errands. I think we were at Brookshire's and the song was on and we were getting out of the car and he continued to sing at the top of his lungs. I love She Kills instead of I love Cheap Thrills all the way into Berkshire. So that got me a lot of looks. So seeing that made me think of him. Uh, so that's why I chose this wine. And it's actually pretty good. It's from Italy. And on the back it says, For centuries, venters in the pasture lands of Italy have protected their grapes from wandering sheep who love to snack on them. Lucky for us, the venters prevailed. And today we can enjoy Sheep Thrills Pinot Grigio. A delightful medium-bodied white wine with delicate floral aromas, fresh fruit flavors, and a crisp, elegant finish. Delicious on its own or paired with grilled shrimp, sushi, salads, and light vegetarian fare. Enjoy chilled. And it really is delicious. It's not, it's not too sweet at all. Um, but you do get a little bit of a fruity aftertaste. It's very nice. So happy hump day, peeps. On to our story this week. It was a um, suggestion that was given to me on Facebook of a place I'd never heard of before. So, of course, I had to Google it. It's called Mel's Hole. And that Googling that um, took me down a rabbit hole. Ha ha. And I just got lost in it. This is so bizarre and weird. I can't believe I've never heard of it before. But here we go. We're going <laughs> to... Deep dive into the story of Mel's Hole.
On February 21st, 1997, a man who identified himself as Mel Waters called into the wildly popular Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. The show discussed conspiracies, and Mel Waters had an intriguing one. He claimed he'd found a bottomless pit nine miles west of Ellensburg in Washington State. Even more incredibly, he said the hole had paranormal properties with objects thrown in it seemingly coming back to life, and later maintained these paranormal incidents led to the government seizing his property. To understand why the story of Mel's Hole has been so enduring, you first have to understand the popularity of Art Bell. At its peak, the show claimed a nightly listenership of 15 million people, which is higher than today's most popular TV show. Art Bell's show delved into a mixture of supernatural and conspiratorial themes. Tune in for a night and you could expect to hear anything from Bigfoot sightings to secret government programs to discussion on UFOs. It was a call-in show where listeners could share bizarre tales. That sounds amazing. I can't believe I've never heard of this before. And I'm sure if I continue to Google along that path, I'm going to be able to find some of, you know, some recordings of that radio show. The most hair-raising segments, such as a frantic caller claiming to reveal the secrets of Area 51, became iconic and obsessed over by Bell's legions of fans. If callers revealed outrageous tales and sounded believable, their stories often seeped into the broader culture beyond Bell's devoted fan base. The first appearance with Mel Waters took place on February 21st, 1997. Bell talks to Mel Waters for about 10 to 15 minutes before listener questions start. The key points from the segment are, um, I'm going to list these for you. It's totally bizarre. Mel claimed he used to be close to a professional shark fisherman and had dropped enough 5,000-yard fishing spools down the hole that he estimated the hole was at least 80,000 feet deep. The hole has no echo, and his pets were afraid to approach it. I brought the dogs with me, Waters said. They wouldn't go anywhere near the damn thing. He also claimed they were in talks with Central Washington University to study the hole. Waters indicated he was acquainted with Central Washington University, where his wife worked for a time. It was said that neighbors used to throw garbage down the hole. He said a rural resident, I hate that word, a rural resident tossed his dead dog into the hole only to see it later alive outdoors with a hunter. The dog wouldn't come to him, though. It's worth noting even Waters cast doubt on that story being true in his first call into Bill. He probably just saw some other dog that looked like his dog. Waters told Bell others had seen a black beam coming from the hole, and still others claimed portable radios held close to the hole's entrance would play programs and music from the past. Metal held close to the hole's nine-foot diameter opening would change into other metals or substances. Waters claimed the hole had a steel door they'd installed and a retaining wall surrounding it. Mel also said it was in his will that he wanted to be thrown down the well if he were to pass away. That's kind of an odd request. These details tantalized listeners who made the show the talk of Ellensburg in the next few weeks. Listening to the segment, the person claiming to be Mel was incredibly outspoken, which is part of what added to the allure of the story. He was cautious about some of the supposed supernatural elements of the hole while expressing amazement 
when told his measurements would make the deepest hole in the world. That's what she said. Simply put, the person calling in as Mel Waters was a great storyteller. However, follow-up calls would veer more into the paranormal. In another call to Bill just a few days later, Mel claimed the military had blocked off the access road to the hole and offered him a generous offer for his property. Mel ended up calling back into Art Bell's show three different times in 2000 and twice in 2002. He claimed that he'd accepted the generous offer from the U.S. government and was paid $250,000 per month for the government to lease his land, at which time he moved to Australia. Federal government agents seized the land with no explanation as to whether the hole was a dangerous threat or important to national security or both. Waters said the cover story the government gave was that it was the old site of a downed aircraft. From this point on, his stories became even more fantastic. Waters told an elaborate tale of government abduction, said his wife disappeared, claimed the government removed his lamb from satellite images, and insisted he was invited to a second hole in Nevada. He also said that while visiting the Basque settlement in Nevada, he encountered the similar hole with supernatural properties. Like the first one, the pit appeared to be bottomless and animals were afraid to go near it. While experimenting on the second hole, the Basque people lowered a bucket of ice into it. Allegedly, the hole transformed the ice into a lukewarm, flammable substance that would not melt, but could burn for months on end. Okay. In the most shocking claim, Waters also reported that he and the Basque people had lowered a sheep, hence the wine, into the second hole to see what might happen to a living thing that entered it. By the time they raised the sheep back up, it had died, but now had a massive pulsing tumor. Okay, this part's kind of gross, but it's there's no way this is true, so... When the Basque people cut the tumor open, Waters claimed they revealed an 18-inch long creature that resembled a seal, but with shockingly human eyes. As Waters stared at this creature, he said it looked back at him with an expression of the deepest compassion. He said the Basque people then returned the creature to the hole. There's... There's no way, like... It just gets more and more bizarre as I go. So y'all just bear with me. But yeah, just bear with me and and we'll get to it. Mel Waters made one final report to Coast to Coast in December 2002. In it, he reported that the government has become aware of the second hole, that they took away the burning ice, and that he believed he was being followed. He also claimed the Basque people had informed him that the creature had visited their village a number of times since they'd brought it back to the hole and tried to warn them about the dangers of the burning ice. This call was the last anyone ever heard from Mel Waters. There is no record of Mel Waters having lived in the area near Ellensburg, Washington. There is also no record of his wife having worked at the nearby university, Central Washington. Of course, the name Mel Waters could have been a pseudonym. Whoever was calling Art Bell expressed clear knowledge of the area and was likely a local. There may be a hole in the area that spawned the original story, whereas follow-up tales that became more fantastic in nature became increasingly fabricated. I would say so. There had been talk of a mysterious hole in, I think this is Katitas. Yeah. 
There had been talk of a mysterious hole in Katitas County long before Mel Waters first went on Bell's show. Those in the area called it the Devil's Hole, and the region's native people said it was cursed. Jay Nickel, who was 34 at the time of the search, grew up in the city of Ellensburg, the largest town in Katitas County. He said as a teenager, he and his friends came across a hole that sounded a lot like Mel's hole. It was too deep to see the bottom, and he claimed no sound came from it when they threw rocks into it. An employee of a snowmobile dealership said the story of a hole on Manistash Ridge had been common local knowledge for decades. Lots of people talk about it, the employee said. Could be something out there, but I've never seen it. Gerald Osborne, a Katitas Valley intertribal shaman who goes by the name Red Elk, claimed to have visited Mel's Hole many times since 1961 when his father first showed it to him. Red Elk believed the hole led to a secret underground government facility and that it was also a hub for alien activity. In 2002, Red Elk led a search expedition for the pit. He was joined by a group of believers who had met on a chat site dedicated to Mel's Hole. The enthusiasts believed that finding the hole might bring answers to major questions about the universe. After the appearances on Art Bell, a team of enthusiasts held annual expeditions searching for Mel's Hole. While they've searched for many years, there have never been any documented sightings of a hole that matches the description of Mel's Hole. Beyond enthusiasts, several TV crews have searched for Mel's Hole and have documented little. Experts say a hole even a fraction as deep as Mel's Hole would be geologically impossible. So, Mel's Hole is said to be located on the Manistash Ridge. It's about nine miles west of the city of Ellensburg, Washington. No one has actually identified Mel's Hole, and this location is approximately from descriptions where Mel Waters identified it on his appearances on Art Bell. So, nobody can find this hole, and yet all these people still believe it exists. However, there might be one hole that... (laughs) I don't think I've ever said the word hole so much in my entire life. (laughs) However, there might be one hole that could be the inspiration for Mel's Hole. A geologist from the Department of Natural Resources in Washington State believes a now-abandoned gold mine shaft could have been the inspiration for Mel's Hole. It sits near where the description of Mel's Hole was on Art Bell and is a circular hole that goes deep into the earth. It got my interest in a funny kind of way, said Jack Powell, 62, remembering back when. I knew Art Bell's stuff is basically Sasquatch and UFOs and the like, but it was sort of entertaining. Powell, who has worked as an exploratory geologist for petroleum companies, taught geology at Central Washington University for 11 years and has worked with the DNR for more than 20 years. He thought he knew where the hole was. He grew up in the Katitas Valley and, as a kid, played around an old gold mine shaft that went down at an angle into a field northwest of Ellensburg. When Powell heard on the radio show that Mel's Hole was said to be on Manistash Ridge and more than 80,000 feet deep, well, he couldn't listen any longer. He knew the deepest mine shaft in the world was 12,672 feet deep, and the deepest known cavern was 7,188 feet. The Russians drilled the deepest borehole that went down 40,230 feet in 1989. J. 
Geologically and physically, it is not possible for a hole to be that deep. It would collapse into itself under the tremendous pressure and heat from the surrounding strata. Unfortunately, this hole is fairly ordinary for mining holes and is less than 300 feet deep. That's certainly deep enough to be point of curiosity, but it's nothing like the incredible bottomless pit described on the Art Bell Show. So the only picture I have for this episode is one of this mine hole that people, that some believe, um, certainly Jack Powell, believes to be Mel's hole, or the one that Mel Waters was calling Mel's hole. It's just looks like a giant pit in the middle of this field surrounded by barbed wire and it looks like this fella is throwing throwing a rock into it but since nobody's ever found mill's hole i have no pictures to show you after listening to the radio show pal didn't think much about it for quite a while until 2001 when he was contacted by a member of a seattle area discussion group that was studying mill's hole the caller was part of an online chat club They were hoping for geologic information about our area as part of their coming here to search for Mel's Hole, Powell said. He agreed to talk to them in the interest of giving them accurate information about the local geology. The group visited on a Saturday, and Powell said he gave his standard lecture, a scientific overview in layman's terms of the geology of Katitas County, and some specifics about Manistash Ridge. He also guided the group to the old mine shaft and told them it was the inspiration for the mythical Mel's hole. The hole on Manistash Ridge doesn't exist, he said. They thanked me and served me up some pie they had, said Powell, but they wouldn't let go of the possibility of Mel's hole. That group later formed the Seattle Paranormal Society. Powell acknowledged that Mel's hole has become a surprisingly long-lived legend based on no evidence at all. It looks like it's indelible now. You can't disprove a negative. It's probably with us forever. The existence of Mel's Hole has never been proven to this day, and for some, it's caused more headaches than curiosity. Milton Waggy, a historian with the Ellensburg Public Library, told KEPR in 2012 that after Mel Waters' first call to the Art Bell's show, the library phone was ringing off the hook with stories and theories about the hole. Then the library's file on Mel's Hole went missing. It just disappeared, which lends itself to the mysteriousness of Mel's Hole, Waggy said. Did Mel take it? Did it just kind of rise out of the locked file cabinet? You never know. There might be a hole out there. So that's the story of Mel's Hole. Feel free to draw your own conclusions. But to me, I think it's quite obvious it's a sort of urban legend for that area, a story that has been told over and over and embellished over and over, uh, just like a campfire tale. But I thought it was really interesting. I'd never heard of that before. And some of the claims were just really, uh, really out there. So (laughs) I'm going to pour a little bit more wine for the next segment because It's not as cute this go-round. It's now time for This Week in the News. This week's story um, I got out of the Atlanta Black Star um, on Tuesday, February 20th, 2024. 
It was suggested to me by my two besties, Delana and Amanda. Memphis mother arrested after photos of five-year-old child daughter performing Brazilian waxes on adult women go viral. That's quite quite the headline, and it's it's so aggravating. <laughs> Some people's kids, but um, it was so bizarre that I, I had to do this segment. I know it's not really much of a palate cleanser, but here we are. Officials in Tennessee have arrested a woman captured in videos allowing a child to do Brazilian waxes on her nude adult clients. In a now-deleted Instagram post, the business owner boasted on social media about the child's actions, leading to an investigation by Memphis police. When I say I'm passing down deeds and LLCs to my creations, I mean that. Miss Chloe did her thing today. User at Jasmine DeMiracle wrote, She literally helped me wax 24 clients starting from 7.25 to 5 p.m. She made a total of $744, and I'm going to put the money towards whatever her future dreams and aspirations are. (laughs) I'm sorry, but um, bikini waxing is not an appropriate place for take your daughter to work day. Good grief. Screenshots of the original post have been circulating throughout different social media platforms. It shows the child spreading the wax on the client's intimate areas. Pause for a moment. There is no way in hell I'd go to get a bikini wax and would even be comfortable with a child being in the room in the first place, let alone being naked in front of the child or letting the child get anywhere close to my body. But that's just me. Atlanta Black Star will not publish the images because they feature a minor. Good. The post sparked backlash from the public who questioned the owner's decision making. Well, no shit. In a statement released on Sunday, Memphis police announced that the agency is working with the Department of Children's Services to investigate the matter. Officials warned the public not to screenshot, download, or save the photos. We can confirm that an investigation has commenced in this case, a spokesperson told WREG. Pursuant to state and federal laws, we are unable to provide specifics about cases involving the children and families we serve. According to the report, the State Department of Commerce and Insurance received dozens of complaints about the business owner earlier this week. Police identified the woman in the video as Jasmine Moss on Tuesday, and announced Moss has been arrested and charged with child neglect and abuse. The 30-year-old is currently being held in a Memphis jail without bond. Many on social media have urged the department to arrest Moss's clients who allowed the child to do their Brazilian waxes. I mean, yeah. I don't know. that. This whole thing is so disgusting. It's so disgusting. I don't understand what goes through your head thinking that that would be okay to expose your child to in the first place. So I don't understand any of the points of view here. You want to teach her about working for what you have and responsibility. Have her do some fucking chores and give her an allowance. Jeez. But anyway, there you go. That's what happened this week in the news. If you guys have any suggestions of uh, news articles that we could do, stories that... Nope, not we. News articles I could do or or stories 
go ahead and send me a message on social media or an email to odditiesandcuriositiespod at gmail.com. You can also send uh, hump day treat ideas or topic suggestions or what have you. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram so you can see pictures of all that and, uh, you know, case pictures and, and mind teasers. When you come back next week, we'll have another topic uh, shrouded in mystery. So stay tuned for that. Have a good rest of your week. Bye. Thanks for hanging out with me. Don't forget to visit Facebook and Instagram for episode picks and announcements. Please rate and review on Apple, Spotify, and Facebook. I want to give a huge shout out to Stephen Goetzke for editing, Craig Weaver for music, and Amanda Haggins for art. Talk at you next week.